Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 1043 of the Juicebox podcast. Raymond is the mother of a child with type 1 diabetes and the mother of another child who has been called stage 1 type 1 by Trialnet. And on top of that, Rayma was misdiagnosed with fibromyalgia for 12 years when what she really had was something completely different. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. When you support the Juice Box podcast by clicking on the advertiser's links, you are helping to keep the show free and plentiful. I am certainly not asking you to buy something that you don't want, but if you're going to buy something or use a device from one of the advertisers, getting your purchases set up through my links is incredibly helpful. So if you have the desire or the need, please consider using Juicebox podcast links to make your purchases. When you use the offer code Juicebox at checkout, you will save 40% off of your entire order at Cozy Earth. Com. Get your clothing, your towels, and your sheets from Cozy Earth and save 40% with the offer code JUICEBOX. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. And their Dancing for Diabetes event is on sale right now. Touchedbytype1.org. Do you love dancing? Do you love helping people with type 1 diabetes? Uh, you're going to love this. TouchedbyType1.org. Click on the events tab. Get your tickets. They will go quickly. TouchedbyType1.org. The podcast is also sponsored today by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Get the meter that my daughter uses. The one that has second chance test strips. The one that's incredibly accurate. Get the Contour Meter. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. My name is Rayma. I have a daughter who is 10 years old who has type 1. She was diagnosed when she was 4. Um, I have a 7-year-old that Trialnet calls stage 1 type 1. And he was 18 months old. They told us he, you know, would, he had the highest likelihood of also getting uh, type 1. And he's 7 now and, and still has regular blood sugar. So um, we're talking to the endocrinologist about, is it to lip? Uh, Teplizumab, which I think is now called Teplizumab. Yeah, which is called Teasel now. Teasel, that's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, and so you're, you're we're in, just about to think about that. You and I are talking on the same day. I put up an episode with a mom whose child was uh, went through the whole Teasel clinical trial. Oh, I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, and back when they didn't, I believe it was double blind, so she didn't know if they were really getting the medication or if they were getting a placebo, you know, the kid had like some pretty amazing results. So she's pretty sure he was on the medication. It's interesting. We're really interested because he um, has normal blood sugars right now, but he has uh, all the antibodies. And so technically from what we've been told when he turns eight, he'll be eligible. So it would be like a real true prevention type of a situation versus early intervention. Well, yeah, they were just on, I, I wouldn't usually do this, but last week, I have to find it for you, episode 842. 842, okay. We'll definitely listen to that. Yeah, Lenny Ramos came on. She's the um, CMO of Prevention Bio. They brought brought the drug to market, and she talked all about it. They're doing, she talked about how they're going to use it or how they want to use it, other studies they're trying to do, like all this stuff. So might be interesting, too. Yeah, that'd be great. We're kind of like, we go back and forth because, you know, you don't want to. He still has normal blood sugar, so you just don't, you know, yeah. really know. But everybody tells us it's just inevitable and it will happen, you know, sometime. And then to make things worse, we just all, we avoided COVID this whole time until right before Christmas. And so he just had COVID as well. So I know that can be a trigger. So we're just trying to do all we can. My daughter's diagnosis was a real blessing for him um, in so many ways of him being able to know what his risks are and and since he's been three years old, I've been, uh, I've had him on high dose vitamin D and Dr. Sears omega threes that they use out of the study in Miami. And, um, nobody else can come up with why he would have, 
been able to last this long without getting it. How many of the antibodies does he have? He has all five right now. Wow. At at 18 months old, he had three of the five. The first one, he had two of the five. Then he had three of the five, then four of the five. And then through COVID, we stopped doing trial net. Plus, it got a little... It got a little hard for him once he was old enough to be aware uh, that we were going in for the IV and all of that. And it just kind of the balance of being traumatizing for him, plus mm. the risk of getting COVID going into the, you know, into yeah. the children's hospital. We just stopped. And then um, because there's something to do now, what's the easy word for it? T. T-Zield. T-Zield. The my same endocrinologist that sees my daughter has started to see him, and so she's running the antibodies and everything hmm. there. She just prescribed us a Dexcom for him so we could see exactly what was going on. But I test him, you know, periodically, and so far his blood sugars have all been normal. Yeah, what is I guess in your head, and you're married, right? So you know, yes. the the two of you when you're laying in bed at night and the lights are off, like. What's it like, like knowing like it that I mean with pretty pretty reasonable certainty, right? Your son's going to get diabetes. So, like, do you yeah. talk about that? Okay, so what's it like lying in bed for for the two of us, Jason? Is that's what he is asking? I worry for sure, and I think about it, and I read a ton of what to do, and I think that's where I landed with the vitamin D and the omega threes. It's the only thing I've really looking at the studies have felt comfortable with, mm-hmm. especially cause he was so little, you know, yeah. and I would go into the pediatrician and they would ask me, you know, I'd tell them about him and then they would all look at me like I was crazy. Um, and I even had a, at one point had the trial net doctor call the pediatrician because they were oh. telling me like I was giving him toxic doses of vitamin D omega three. And they just thought I was nuts to be able to predict the fact that he would get it. Oh, so I think they thought like I was just projecting or something. Oh, no um, kidding. But that's interesting. So your your pediatrician thought like there's a, a there's a mom that comes in here and she's like freaking out that her kid's going to get diabetes. But how would she know that? Yeah, kind of. They're uh, like, well, no, you can't predict that. It's not genetic. You know, they weren't very knowledgeable. Give it. I do love the pediatrician in the office, but um, when I brought my daughter in, um, I had had her in multiple times over probably like the seven to eight months prior to her diagnosis for UTIs and stuff like that. I mean, she was, you know, three and a half. So it was hard to, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, it was hard to, um, you know, they would say, oh, you have a new baby at home and she's just wetting the bed because of, you know, emotional stuff or I, and I was traveling a lot for work then. So uh, I sold pharmaceuticals and at some point genetic testing. And so I was gone a lot. And so people would say, oh, you know, she, It's just hard because mom's gone a lot, you know, all the mom guilt. And then um, right when we had their, they're only two weeks apart, three years, but two weeks apart. So we had a birthday party for both of them. She threw up that night and it was like three o'clock in the morning and it was actual cake still. Mm -hmm. And I knew, like I knew enough about medicine. I'm not a medical person, but I knew enough from always being in the medical field selling things, you know, for almost 20 years at that point, I knew enough to know, like, you should digest your cake, you know, by then. Yeah. And I just Googled and Googled and Googled. And the only thing that came up was Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So when I took her in for her four year checkup, I just was like, please test. Let's just, you know, and I didn't realize at that point, it was just as easy as like me buying a a glucometer and testing her blood sugar, you know what I mean? Cause right. I was, wasn't as knowledgeable. And, um, and they really pushed back and said, no, she's too young. We don't have anybody this age in the practice that's diagnosed. And, hmm. and I just kind of said, look, you're going to put me out of my misery. Like either you're going to test her here today, or you're going to tell me where to take her. Cause I got to go back to work tomorrow. And I can't keep thinking this, right. you know, like put the crazy mom out of her misery about a, they left us in the room for about a half hour. I was there with b- both kids by myself. And then they came in and she was like, oh my gosh, you were right. And it still took me two or three minutes to understand. And I remember asking her, wait, are you telling me she has diabetes? Like, yeah, yeah you got to go home, pack a bag and go to Choa. There's a, 
an entire conversation to be had around the idea that someone at some point said, your three-year-old's peeing the bed because you have a job. And that's emotionally difficult for her. I'm like, that was fascinating to me. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, yeah. there was a lot of mom guilt in there. Yeah. A lot of people had a lot of opinions about that. Um, but wouldn't it be nice? It was if, diabetes. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice you know? if people's opinions were based on something other than the little thoughts in their head? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And my mom and my mom and mother-in-law both had opinions that were that. And, you know, just mm-hmm. a lot of friends said people, kids do that. Or, and you go and you take your kid to the doctor and they say, well, sometimes their bladders just aren't that big. And I was like, but she was potty trained before. Yeah. And she was, um, she's very articulate, extremely smart. So she always had been a good communicator. And sometimes she would tell me like, I, I just didn't want to stop playing, you know, and, and I had an accident, but then sometimes you could tell like she just couldn't help it. Mm-hmm. And that's when I would take her in and it was like, well, maybe she has a UTI, you know? Well, I mean, in your story, the one assumption I I kind of understand is, hey, listen, this lady's other kid has diabetes. Now she's freaking out that the boy has it. But but I don't don't know how the next thought isn't. But, you know, she was right about the kid and the kid and the daughter does have it. And it is a, you know, a thing that runs in family lines. So why don't we... It just everyone wants to say everybody mm-hmm. thinks they know something and they always want to say no and be right. It's and it's not well, and this is a a giant pediatric office. Yeah. Like a really good, very recommended. I really like my pediatrician there. And now they test at every well check. Mm-hmm. All all the way down, I think, to because I was like, You're doing cholesterol on these kids, like, but you're not gonna test them for type one. <laughs> and I really pushed back, like, come on, you're already pricking their finger. You're running like, the cholesterol test on a, on a little kid. Yeah. I'm like, this just doesn't make any sense, you know? And, but, um, but I did have to have the trial net doctor call and I did have to bring studies in. And then they wanted, of course, to test him for levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was already testing him for his levels through that grassroots. Yeah. Yeah. And so I knew, like, that's how I figured out how much, because I was giving, I mean, I still am giving him a lot of omega-3s and vitamin D, but Mm. his levels are in the high end of the range, not above the end. And, you know, so far, it's the only thing I can attribute, because we've not done a low-carb diet, we've not... um, Well, you know what's interesting, too, is when he gets COVID, I have to assume that you guys just go into a corner and go, okay, well, this is it, like... It, it's oh, happen I cried now. immediately. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and of course, my husband's more level-headed and more calm, so he he was like, "It'll be, it'll be fine." Um, and hand, foot, and mouth was Hannah's trigger. My daughter. Oh, uh, that's what my daughter um, had. Yeah. yeah so yeah, that yeah. Co- that stupid cocksicky virus. But they <laughs> trial net did call us. Um, I think it was like March third of twenty twenty, and said, essentially, said hide him. You know, he's little, and you don't have to have him in preschool. Pull him out. And keep him at home because this has a high likelihood of triggering. So I do have to say that TrialNet out of Atlanta, they were very, Dr. Muir there was very thorough and called us from his cell phone on a Sunday. Oh, and was just like, hey, roll that kid up in a blanket and put him in the closet. Cause, Pretty much. Yeah. And then we just hid. And I, um, I had already been homeschooling my daughter. And so we just homeschooled and hid. And luckily we had a great environment to do that. And then they got vaccinated and we all did that. And then we got that. We, well, we thought, I thought we were good. I have autoimmune disease that we know now too, which was fibro, called fibromyalgia by the doctors for 12 years until I had a first degree relative with an autoimmune disease, my daughter. And then all of a sudden they ran the right testing and sure enough, it's autoimmune. Hmm. And so, you know, her diagnosis was, devastating in so many ways but really has helped and been a blessing to our it shined a light on a, a for a number of other people right it gets everybody thinking in the oh, right yeah. direction well and then all of a sudden you're like okay autoimmune disease all right yeah well my husband and i both have autoimmune disease on our sides of the family they're just not type one right 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 you know then it all starts to make sense that you you kind lived, of, you yeah. lived with a fibromyalgia diagnosis for 12 years and what was really wrong psoriatic arthritis and something called POTS. POTS. I've heard that yeah, twice. Yeah, posture orthostatic tachycardia. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know what was wrong. It took a number of doctors and a lot of time and effort. And I don't work anymore because of that. But even when I was having a hard time staying with work, 
I didn't know how to articulate what was wrong because I had been misdiagnosed so many times and it wasn't until I really got it with the right doctors. But yeah, her diagnosis really led to a lot of knowledge for myself, for my son. We figured out my wife had um, hypothyroidism because Arden had diabetes. Yeah, she has a thyroid issue too, right, Arden? Arden does too, yeah. Yeah, actually, everyone in my family does but me. My son has Hashimoto's and Arden and Kelly, but everyone takes a, a thyroid medication. As you heard earlier, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter. But when you get a Contour meter, what you're really getting is their test strips. Contour Next test strips feature remarkable accuracy as part of the Contour Next blood glucose monitoring system. They're the number one branded over-the-counter test strips. And they, of course, have second chance sampling. Second chance sampling can help you to avoid wasted strips. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Near the top of the page, you'll see a buy now button. It's bright yellow. When you click on that, you'll get eight options of places online to buy contour meters and test strips. Walmart.com, Amazon, Walgreens, CVS Pharmacy, Meyer, Kroger, Target, Rite Aid. These are all links you'll find at my link. Linkity link. Links but a link, blink, blink, link. I'm just kidding. Head over there. Now, won't you please? Listen, the contour meters are incredibly accurate. They are simple to use. They are easy to hold, easy to read, and they have a bright light for nighttime testing. Part of me wants to say that the second chance sampling is the biggest deal, but honestly, it's the accuracy. These meters are accurate. And I know a lot of people like to think, well, I have a CGM. I don't need a meter. You do. You need a meter. You need to be accurate. You deserve it to be accurate. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Take a look at the Contour Next Gen and the other meters available from Contour. When you use my links, you're supporting the production of the show and helping to keep it free and plentiful. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how all of a sudden it's like a light shines on it. And you go to the right doctor and they're like, oh. Yeah, when they stop telling you, like, exercise more, eat right, do this. And you're like, I don't think that's the problem. Like, I'm just like, I'm, I'll am i tell you, I, I mentioned this to somebody the other day, and I don't know if I talk about it enough, but Arden takes T4 and T3. Yeah, that you're brilliant to have figured that out because. Oh, my God. Be, they, well, you had to figure something out. She she couldn't stay awake. Like, no kidding. Like, um, in her in her uh, year, her her high school yearbook, we, you know, you know, you buy a page to like say congratulations to your kid, or you, maybe your kids are too young. But one day, the school's going to hit you up for a hundred bucks to put a picture of your kid <laughs> in, the, in, in the yearbook yeah. when they're a senior. And um, there's a really beautiful picture of her in the center of the page, and then all around her, like nine different images are just cell phone pictures of her passed out on different odd surfaces. Like, oh, like fa- face down on a, like on a stone countertop, dead asleep or in the fetal position. And then that's real fatigue. Like yeah. people who have not experienced that don't understand that that's a level of fatigue. That's totally different yeah. than being tired. Arden's not a, um, like for anybody wanting to think that, like Arden's not a lightweight, like she's, she's a, she battles. And so she'd make it all day through school and then come home and sit down and just pass out like for hours at a time. And, you know, she would sleep all day and she couldn't get up early in the morning. All this stuff would happen. And and we figured it out once. And then she had a side effect from something else. And we attributed it. This is my fault. I attributed it to the T3 by mistake. And so she stopped the T3 for a while until we figured it out again and put her back on it. But I'm going to tell you right now, like she shuts off like a wound down clock without Cytomil. It literally is the only reason why she can she can do anything. So that's well. It's so good that she's able to live a full life now. Oh, she's in college. She's I wish going crazy. Yeah, I wish there was a like an actual autoimmune doctor. You know that is that would be more comprehensive because I think it's really frustrating to have to go to multiple different doctors and then try to put the pieces of the puzzle together yourself. Yeah, um, and that is the patient or the parent. Oh, that's definitely the game. The, the the game is definitely you have to figure it out for yourself. People don't understand that. Like I'll talk to people that don't have autoimmune in their family or that have a simple autoimmune, more simple autoimmune. And, and they just, they think I'm nuts. So I just don't talk about it a lot. Yeah. 
Well, here's because, one of Because, and then having multiple autoimmune diseases, like, how could you have all these? And I'm like, well, you know, yeah. it sucks. <laughs> it is, but it is what it is. You know, it's true. Yeah. And by the way, most of them have overlapping symptoms. So, yeah, the can, fatigue is a huge one. You can look at the symptoms and be like, this could be any number of a half a dozen things, you know. And- I don't know how many times I was tested for thyroid. That was the only thing that they really mm-hmm. looked at. But I was active. I was working. I was traveling. I had a successful career, you know, all of that and had autoimmune disease. Um, but I would crash. I would go, 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 go. And then I would completely crash. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you will yourself and- a little bit, but it's even when you're doing it, you're exhausted. And and exhausted oh, yeah. and exhausted in a way that I don't think people understand. It's not like you worked all day and you're tired. Like it's a different it's a different thing. I call it it's the I'll just take a little tiny nap while we're stuck in traffic right here. You know, like the irrational thinking. You're on the freeway, stop and go traffic. And you're like, I could just sleep for just like, you know. Yeah. I'll shut my eyes while I'm driving. I'll be okay. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's like all this irrational thinking. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, that's probably not going to be all right. If people have been fatigued when they're pregnant, it's like, I, I just said, I'll tell people well, it's pregnancy tired. Like, it's really tired. Like, you can't, well, you're I, willing to sleep anywhere. Very recently, I compiled a list of autoimmune issues from listeners, which is extensive. And you'd be like shocked at some of the things that people are like, oh, I have this. And you think, like, I've never heard of that before. And um, I, you know, there's like a hundred and something different autoimmune disease, right? There's so many, and they can be as, you know, as some things that are fairly benign and some things that are life threatening. Mm-hmm. It's really a scary. Yeah. Jenny and I are going to do like a defining series about them so that, you know, if they feel like, Oh, I'm having these symptoms, they can move to that episode to try to like figure it out because I don't know another way you're supposed to figure it out. I spent so many years and so much time, like sitting in this chair, staring at this wall, thinking like, okay, what's happening? This is what's happening to her and Googling and reading and, and looking at symptoms again and asking her freaking questions and just, you know, it's a, it's not not a great way to have to live. So, um, no, it's a little obsessive. I totally hear that. And I still do. I read everything about prevention. I read everything about causation. I read everything about strong management and we do a lot with her management to keep her, having good numbers. Hey, for fun. I'm pretty obsessive about that. Tell everybody what the noise is about. Tell them where you are. I'm on a cruise and I'm sorry about the noise. They're filling the bar. I found a a quiet spot to sit, but they're getting ready. It looks like to open the bar at at noon here. Uh, No, that's okay. I, I, um, I know I I wanted to, I wanted people to understand what, like what you went through to, to be on the podcast. So thank you. Yeah. We're in, we're in Jamaica right now at port. Oh, nice. That sounds lovely. Is it? Well, we're not going to get off the boat, but it looks lovely. And uh, it's nice and sunny and warm. So, Is your whole family on the cruise or is it just you and your husband? Oh, no. That would be so great. No, it's all of us. No kidding. So yeah. So you did not end up like keeping your son in the closet. He's, he's allowed out now. <laughs> he's in the kids club. Yeah, well, he had COVID. Yeah. So we figured at that point, we've just had it, you know, within the last... Really, what happened was we planned this for Christmas for the kids because we got and all we all ended up getting COVID right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So it made sense to to go out and venture, figuring we've all been fully vaccinated and we've had it, so we probably have a few months at least before right. we'll be getting at it again. Sure. Well, uh, well, I don't know if that's how viruses work, but good luck. And uh, but I think I do want to yeah. ask you about that though. So sure. I mean, obviously you did everything you could, right? Like he's got all five autoimmune antibodies. Like these markers are sitting there telling you this kid's like getting type one diabetes at some point and you're doing what you can. You're supplementing the best you can. COVID comes around. You're like, oh God, get in the house. Like, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. At what point do you just like, is there a point where you just say to yourself, like, what are we doing? Like if he's going to get him. Uh like, do you ever have that feeling? Like, if he's going to get it, let him get it? Or or do you – or hmm, what's my question? No. What? I think what you're asking is, like, okay, maybe this answers it. And if not, you can ask mm-hmm. it a different way. But um, I think we figure every day we prevent him from getting it is a, is a win. And it's so labor-intensive. And once it's there, it's there, you know. I guess we've resigned to the idea that 
all the prevention is worth it if he buys him more time. You just and right now we have to, he has to be eight before he can take so the tea is, field. We, yeah, we got to make it till May. <laughs> oh, okay. um, but I think, you know, my daughter goes through so much, you know, how it is, especially, you know, between Dexcom and pumps and then they, there's always problems. And so then you're doing shots and you know, you're up all night and all that stuff. So I think, I think that, you know, every day that we can save him from having to go through that is a win. You're just trying to, you. so it is as simple as you're just trying to create more days without type one. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I just, I think that's where I've landed and, you know, it hit me really hard at our last window appointment and she's great. We, um, I really love our, our endocrinologist and she kind of said something to the effect of, I've just, I've never seen anybody go this wrong with the antibodies and not get diagnosed. And it was like really a positive. And then afterward it hit me really hard and I really emotionally had a hard time for a few days, you know, just with the reality of it. Yeah. Is that because it felt like there's no way we can keep this going much longer if that's her feeling? Yeah. I was like, for lack of a better way, it was like, you know, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I knew it sucked, but denial is a, is a wonderful coping mechanism. Um, and it was a compliment. I mean, she didn't mean it in a, Right. In a negative way. No, I understand. Um, and, but but it was still like afterward, I was emotionally like, like my cousin had called me with something else emotional. And I just had to tell her like, I can't even talk to you. I can't even articulate what's going on with me right now. But I am not going to handle anything emotionally well for a couple of days. If you're looking for support uh, on your thing, all you're going to get is a crying person on the phone. So please stop. <laughs> it was exactly. It was like, I'll apologize and then I'll just start crying. Okay, so if you're mad at me, like, please give me a couple of days. I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to make you mad too, you know, like, but please, how please much, just understand. How much of your bandwidth do you think you're giving up to keeping your son as safe as you can? I think autoimmune disease in general takes up the majority of my bandwidth, just between myself, you know, Hannah and, and Owen. But I think for him... I mean, I'm giving him the vitamins every day. We're constantly washing. I kept him homeschooled, you know, not because I necessarily wanted to, but because I felt like it was better for him with COVID and everything else. Mm -hmm. So I'd say maybe 20% my bandwidth. And then another probably 40% goes to my daughter's type one. All I can think about is, Here's the one, and I'm I'm imagining you've thought about this. So I'll I'll tell you what I'm thinking about. You'll tell me if you've considered it. That there are so many people walking around who have not had antibody testing, who will one day get diabetes, but might not. But I've spoken to people who've gotten it in their 50s, and in their 40s, and their 30s, and and like, do you ever do that? I know you said earlier you think that that the the effort's worthwhile, but do you ever think about? What if this is in his head for the next 30 years and he doesn't get diabetes till he's 40 years old and we spent all of this time? Oh, yeah. We think we talk about it all the time. And then I have a lot of friends who haven't antibody tested their families at all. And they have siblings or, or themselves. Um, but I'm a, I'm a like to know person and I believe in science. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I sold science and genetic testing and everything. and I believe in it. You know, so I am a want to know person and that's what I figured out over the six plus years is because, you know, at first I was like, what do you mean you're not going to test your family? Like, what do you mean? You have a, you have a younger sibling, older sibling, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it just seemed crazy to me. Um, But then I figured everybody's personalities are a little different and, you know, respecting those boundaries. But we just sat, somebody sat behind us at lunch yesterday and he was diagnosed at 44. Right. He's wearing a Dexcom and MDI because he's not quite ready for the pump. Because that's how I was like, well, when were you diagnosed? Because he, he was saying he's not ready for a pump yet. And I was like, oh, okay. So it had only been a couple years. But he's not carrying around a glucagon. He's not carrying around vaccine. You know, he's got chocolate chip cookies for his lows. So my eye twitch, you know, my eyes twitch in while I'm talking to him. Uh, you know, and I'm right. I'm, t- I'm texting them our cabin <laughs> number. You ever have an emergency? If he starts throwing up, you know, I've got, I've got vaccine in my room. Call me. <laughs> well, yeah, everybody manages differently and everyone's understanding of it is different too. I mean, honestly, if you can catch a low with a chocolate chip cookie, you, I mean, my, like, oh, my first guess would be that 
he doesn't drop fast a lot. So yeah. maybe he's not using on MDI too. Well, maybe like, he's not using that much insulin. Like maybe yeah, he's, or maybe he's running high. Yeah, I'm, so a lot possible. of people run real high, and that's you know different too. I tend to try to keep her, you know, more in range. Mm-hmm. So we tend to have more lows. I'm certainly not here to tell anybody how to live. You can keep your blood sugar wherever you want to, but um, I also have had you know a hundred conversations with people who thought that at one point too, and now wish they could find a time machine. So you know. Well, that, and I figure she's going to learn, you know, four years old, she's going to learn how to manage um, from how we manage. Yeah. And so I want to try to set the right example. You know what I mean? I know she'll Mm -hmm. rebel at some point, but hopefully she'll swing back to, you know, I want my A1C to be as close to six or as we can, you know. Now, I know earlier you said that one doctor told you they can't believe that your son's had these antibodies for this long and hasn't been diagnosed yet, but... But has anyone like from TrialNet said how like what's the longest they've seen somebody with five? No, and they're always like they're always shocked when we talk to them. Hmm. You know, um, but because they gave him the highest percentage at eighteen months old that he was greater than fifty percent to get it in the next five years, and that was when he was eighteen months old, and that's hmm. the highest percentage they'll quote. Okay, so. I just, you know, I, they kind of just said he will. And you know what? He keeps asking, like, well, when do I get a cell phone? And we always say, well, when you get diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> so we try to make it positive. And so if there's any positive part of it, you know. Kids getting Insta- Instagram along with his diabetes. So, um. right. Well, <laughs> Hannah's had a phone since she, an iPhone since she was five. So it's a little bit different of a, yeah. you know, of a thing. So at 10 years old, she's pretty good with her phone, you know, and, yeah. Um, we just try to make anything, any positive joke we can make out of it for him. And and when he says, will I get diabetes? We say, well, we don't know, buddy, but, you know, chances are really high. And your sister gave you a great gift of knowledge. And we're going to, that's why you take the vitamins. And we're going to keep monitoring you. And that's why you're getting blood draws. Mm. You know, we just try to be as honest as we can so that he can be mentally prepared. Yeah. Well, you know. but so while being positive, but so do, how well do you think he's actually? Do you think he's handling it? Fine. It's the only life he knows. Like he doesn't. You know what I mean? We've been talking about it for so long. And he watches her. And sometimes he pretends to have diabetes. You know, he wants to be like his sister. So, you know, if there's an empty pen, he's carrying around pretending he's giving himself shots. He asks to put the Dexcom on, you know, on occasion. Sorry. Was that ice? Yeah. (laughs) Totally a giant thing of ice. Yeah. But, you know, I think he doesn't know any different and, you know, he knows he doesn't want to get it, but at the same time, he pretends he has it. So, Do you think he pretends because he's trying to prepare himself, like practice for what he's going to need to do? No, I just think that you always want to be like your older sibling when you're little. Uh, I don't know. I, I've, I never watched my brothers want to be like me, so I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I'm the only child, so I can't really talk about it. But I see that a lot of a lot of kids just really want to be like their older sibling. So here's my and, take. Um, that's what I attribute it to. No, knowing that we're on a on a phone call with a guy clanging bottles behind us, and I don't know you. Take all this with a grain of salt. Um, but you're kind of type A, right? Sure. Yeah, like pre- yeah, you're like prepared to and together. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm. I'll tell you right now. We'll never know. I think he's practicing. It might be. Yeah, I feel like he, I, that sound. That's what it said. I mean, listen. Obviously, I have no idea. That's how it struck me. Like, oh, he must be practicing. He's smart too, so he might. You know, he might be subconsciously doing that. He's real smart. He's a little overactive and you know hard to handle sometimes. Doesn't you know, always listen, but he's real intelligent. So he's a boy. It Did you just say he, he was a boy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's a boy. He's but he's real smart. I mean, um, and he gets things. You know, he's intuitive. Yeah. Uh, I like how we've, uh, in the last 20 years, decided to label everything to the point where, like, people, like, like they're like, my son's got, like, a lot of energy, and he's hard to handle. I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's really true. It's, you know, we try to be patient with it and everything, but it's, it's yeah. a lot harder than my daughter. Gotcha. Hey, did he just kill someone with a bottle of vodka? 
No, he just took his cart and walked out. So hopefully it'll be a little quieter until he loads up for the next round. That, yeah. that big Sorry. thump up is like he definitely, he just clunked someone over the head and he's dragging the body out now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's hilarious. There's nobody back here yet. So yeah. I did, we weren't able to find like a quiet-ish place. No, yeah. it's fine. Also, you sent me an email that I never saw, which I'm assuming during that email, you might have gone like, you know, can we move this to another date? And I just never responded to you. So I apologize. It wasn't a big deal because I knew from the other episodes that you don't respond to your email. So, but and I understand that feeling of being overwhelmed by email. So I um, I didn't really think about it. But then when I got the confirmation email yesterday, I was like, oh, okay, we'll try it. <laughs> it's worth See how it shot. goes. So you said you're not getting off the boat. Um, where all no. is the boat going, and do you get off anywhere? We're thinking about maybe getting off tomorrow in Haiti because uh, they have their own little private island like beach we just really wanted to get warm mm. um, get out of the cold weather and then since we just had covid we wanted to do something you know yeah. because we had been so limited so and we like to travel so, so this seemed like we would try a, a cruise and mm-hmm. see how the kids did and are you I liked it and are they liking it so far yeah, yeah. um yeah we're just kind of like eating i'm happy not to cook and swimming and my kids enjoying it. Can I tell you one of my activities? I have a cruise experience uh, that I'll never forget. And it's the only memory I have of the entire time we were on that ship. It's uh, a kid took a a baby pool and then everybody panicked and and ran away and they drained the pool out. Some poor guy had to wander in there and retrieve the poo. And then they cleaned it and filled it back up. That's my only memory of that trip. <laughs> oh, man. I was on that trip for days. And as I think back on it, I, I can only remember that happening and nothing else. I hope you have a... a, a that was the, the... Yeah, I hope you get a better enduring... point. Yeah, a better enduring memory than I have. Yes. So far, <laughs> it's been good. We've got a couple more days and um, it'll be a nice kind of getaway for everybody. Yeah. Does your daughter have any like reactions to the idea that her brother's going to get diabetes? Does she ever talk about that? No, not really. You know, we've talked a lot about her, her giving us all the gift of knowledge, you know, and kind of kept it positive. Mm-hmm. She really did. I mean, give him the gift of knowledge so we could try to intervene and then change some of the course of my, what I was diagnosed with and how my treatment and management went. So, yeah. We just really try to keep it focused on that. and Okay. No, I was just wondering if, if like, because if she had, cons- if she had concerns or thoughts about him, I would, I would jump to the conclusion that that would mean that those are the things she thinks about for herself. So I was just wondering if there, any of that ever happened. I was looking for some insight. Um, no. Her. No. Okay. Mm-mm, nothing that she's verbalized. I mean, you know, I think she has said to him it you know, it kind of, it sucks, but then she's pretty quick to talk about Then, but you get a cell phone and you get to eat all these like, treats and <laughs> there's always candy around. Cause we didn't do any candy. We did no juice. None of that before. Oh, I Cause see. I just figured you didn't need to, they were little kids, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and we ate really healthy. Do you still, it just, there just happens to be candy now. Uh, mostly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we still eat pretty healthy, mm-hmm. but we do, I feel like we're much more liberal now because I hate to say no all the time about food and make it even more weird is I think that you already have a weird relationship with food when your family's rushing in the middle and I'd be like, please drink this juice or hurry, eat this yogurt, you know, and they're asleep. Like what, who, what in the, what in the world? You know what I mean? Mm. Nobody, 99% of everybody else is like, no, you can't have anything to eat till breakfast. You know what I mean? But we're like, just do it. Yeah, most people yeah. will never eat a yogurt in their bed at 3 a.m., that's for certain. <laughs> that's not, that's yeah, not or have your parents like be like, you must drink this juice. If you don't drink this juice, I have to shoot you with this needle. Please drink that juice. Do you, you have? Know? Do yeah. you see a lot of lows like that that are like panicky or no? We do. We manage tight, and luckily she's never had any adverse events like from having a low blood sugar. Mm-hmm. So she'll be in the you know 40s and... We'll just be up for a couple hours making sure it comes up. Is that like a? It just happened to us this week. Is it a fast drop to forty, or is it a slow? Yeah, it is a a fast drop. 
yeah, like we've done something wrong. <laughs> You're like, damn it, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> Gave too much for something. But well, the Panu pumps are great. I mean, yeah, I was going to ask you, know, you, what gear is she using? She's using a, a T Slim with the IQ control right now. Um, she has an adhesive allergy, okay, which makes things a little bit more complicated. So the small footprint of the T Slim is much better. You know, has the cord. Yeah, yeah. She tends to react pretty awfully to the Omnipods, um, but we've used them all. I but mean, is she using Control IQ? Yep, which has been a game changer. I mean, turning hmm. off for the lows—that's amazing. Right. It was the first, like, I think the first couple weeks or the first good night's sleep I had had in years and years mm -hmm. where you actually were like, Oh, it's going to turn. It works like that. Huh? Ooh, so, nice. so when you're talking about like a, a fast low, you are you talking about like miscalculating like what, what was eaten and giving too much insulin? Yeah. Yeah. Swagging it wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, that's usually what, I, or for whatever reason, her body metabolized it differently, you know, that, that time. But, um, well, what did we just figure out on the cruise here? There's like a thing of, sugar-free syrup and regular syrup and she'd been using the trick sugar-free syrup but we had been dosing for the regular syrup because we didn't realize it was sugar-free oh well that's, you know little things like that yeah that'll make you low <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. You, you know you're dosing for like straight corn syrup and yeah. then it's not it's not there <laughs> you know? so then you're like hurry ice cream <laughs> at least it's at breakfast so it's not overnight um and then on the cruise like you just you know, you're kind of estimating everything she's eating and guessing. And I'm really, we're doing a lot of transition uh, for her to do her own management at 10. Um, she's getting ready to go to public school mm -hmm. coming up. And so, you know, I want her to be able to do her own management. She's going to um, diabetes camp, but she's also going to another camp this summer that isn't type one. Yeah. So, did you also, you know, she's got a transition. So a lot of times we'll let her dose herself, which also makes, that but she's on a really high like she's on a six to one carb ratio too so it's really easy to make a mistake mm. what's her a basal what's her basal setup she's around her basal setup around uh around, just under 50 right now she's getting she's she's doing a ton of insulin wait a day um, yeah she's doing i think it was 44.6 or something when i just of course the pump just went in the ocean right before we were again on the cruise and I had to get a new pump overnighted. So I just did all the settings again. You threw the pump in the ocean, not on purpose, I assume. No, she ran in the ocean with it on. And oh, it was supposed to, you know, and then fell down on the sand and it was done. Can I, <laughs> the malfunction code. Rima, I have to ask you I, if you don't have to answer me, but she's 10. Yeah. How much, will you tell me how much she weighs? About 120 pounds. She's like an adult. Yeah. Like two, She's the same size as I am. Does she have uh, periods or anything like that? Not yet. Wow. Okay. Just lots and lots of insulin. We put her on a little bit of metformin to try to help with sensitivity. Did it help? Really help. Didn't help. Not really. It's just for whatever reason, her body needs tons of insulin. And I think maybe because she was diagnosed before, she had no honeymoon period at all. That And she was when she was diagnosed, she was in the 500. So it wasn't, you know. Mm-hmm. I caught it early enough. She uh, she just needs a lot of insulin. So, and all we the try, others? we're trying not to resist. We're trying not to restrict food. Yeah, yeah. You know, so Does she have a like a like an activity level that's like she moving around every day. Is she hydrated? Yeah, like all all those little things are like covered. There's hydration. There's that stuff. Well, the hydration is hard because it's a constant nag. But pretty good. I mean, yeah. I'm I make them fill up their water bottles in the morning, and right. you know they can't have any other drinks till their water's gone. And you know, I'm a little bit of a uh, yeah, I mean, let's... around some of that. But right. you know, the hydration's hard with kids. They don't want to drink water. They want to play. You know, and so, has her so. and has her thyroid? Um, I for, I'm sorry if I've forgotten. Does she have thyroid issue? No, not that not that's ever shown up on blood work. But we constantly have her checked for that and. I think she has a gluten sensitivity, but not celiac. Mm -hmm. I certainly do. And I noticed that if we don't eat gluten, the numbers are a lot easier to control. But then some days it's like super easy to control. And she's never over 200. And then some days it's like we can't beat it down with a stick. All right. Hold on. One more. I have a couple more questions. So um, yeah. t where where's her TSH when they test it? I'd have to look, but it's like mid-range. 
like in the fives? Not even on the high, high end. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you right now, you should medicate anything over a two. Over a two. So, and and I'm going to guess that's going to help with your insulin sensitivity. Is that the same? Like you go to the same endo and talk to them about it. Yeah. I mean, I have an episode you can listen to with Arden's integrative endocrinologist who handles the thyroids of all the people in my family. And now a lot of people in the world have heard her talk about it. She would medicate over a two, a five, a five is, I mean, I would think. I feel like she's 2.9. I feel like that's the number I'm thinking. Okay. Well, that's still, that's still, I think that still needs T3 or T4, excuse me. T4. I'll have to push on my endo with that, or I'll have to find another one just to treat the thyroid. Does she have any other (laughs) symptoms of thyroid? Like, do you think she's carrying um, more weight than she should be? Yeah, but I think that's part of her genetics. She takes after dad's side of the family, so she kind of holds it a little more. Um, and she loves to eat. Yeah. yeah. What so, about energy? Pretty energetic. Yeah. Although she started to hit those te- like pre-teen years where she wants to lay around and sleep. Mood swings? Like moody? No. No. But I definitely think it's worth looking into. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's got to be some reason for the the need of so much insulin. I'm a little like baffled that your endo knows that your 10 year old's using two units of insulin an hour as as basal and sees her TSH at a three and can't put those two ideas together and make a decision. Like that's a strange, a strange thing. To I do. have to press her. Yeah, and with all the autoimmune yeah. you guys have going on. Do you have like you said your husband's side had it too? What what does he have going on over there? Um, like lupus and what is the MG mastis? Okay, yes, so, right. And I don't know if I'm saying it wrong. That's but, all right. Um, and just what about your side? You know, not a ton, to be honest. I'm kind of the only one that I know of besides my cousin. I think she has a thyroid issue. Okay. I, I don't know, like that just seems that seems reasonable for to me to look into. Also, yeah, does, do you think she has trouble with digestion? Yes, hundred percent. All right, that's going to be the other piece of it then. So yeah, yeah. Is that um, I've looked into those things over the years. Tell me what your thoughts. All right, so I just put an episode out about this because this is one of the things we figured out for Arden after a long time mm-hmm. of thinking. So, um, I'm Googling, hold on a second. I was going to like gastroparesis. No, 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 no. Your, your pancreas has two things. It does. It makes insulin and it aids in digestion. And so amylin or whatever, right? That's the other one that it kills off amylin. Yeah. There was a while back where people were talking about like taking a drug to Mm -hmm. help with it. But let me see if this sounds like something that's happening for you. So Arden was not digesting food properly, and she was not going to the bathroom very frequently, like not mm-hmm. not eliminating every day. Does that happen on your on your side over there? Yes, okay. and that's been since she was a, like an infant. Yeah, yeah. So before Arden, the t- type one, right? Arden had that problem for a long time. Does she not go for days then have diarrhea? No, it's just not that I know of. Now at ten, you know, you don't. Know she don't talk. You don't talk to you about her poop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She won't. Yeah, even when you talk to her. But um, but I think before what would happen is just she would have stomachache. Yes. You know what I mean? And right. be bloated. And and then you'd go in and the peed would be like, oh, yeah, you know, this is her stomach's full. Mm-hmm. So we. Her intestine. So Arden takes a digestive enzyme at every meal now. Just a little tablet okay. that helps you digest your food. Her stomach doesn't hurt anymore. And she added a magnesium oxide. To help her go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. These okay, are th- so magnesium, magnesium oxide, and what's the digestive enzyme? So uh, the one Arden's using is just from a local health food store. Um, so mm-hmm. I can't tell it to you because unless you live in like my town, you're not going to find it. But I saw how it was helping her and re-examined some of my own issues. And I started taking it too. So I was in a situation where I had to take fiber every day or I was in trouble and now I don't have that anymore. I'm using a company called Pure Encapsulations Digestive Enzymes Ultra. Pure Encapsulation Digestive Enzymes Ultra. Okay. They're 
are certainly other company. There are certainly other companies that make it. Um, I take one at a regular meal, and I take two if I'm eating something high in protein or fat. Arden's doing about the same thing. This is keeping the digestion moving. Then the magnesium oxide, and be careful because there's different magnesiums. You want oxide, Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to find the dose. We've tried a bunch of magnesium over time. Yeah, well, I made the fiber doesn't seem to do any difference. No, fiber, as a matter of fact, when your digestion's screwed up, fiber can back you up more because it also can't digest the fiber. Yeah. I remember before the type one, we'd take her into the pediatrician and explain it. And they'd be like, well, just give her more fruit. I'm like, you don't understand. I haven't given her anything but fruits and vegetables for days. Like, you think like, I I haven't tried all that stuff at home before I came here. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I'm here because none of this other stuff is working. And then they said Miralax forever. But then if you read about that over over time, that's really not healthy for you. No, no, that's a, that those things are supposed to be they're fixes for a problem. Like you take Miralax if you get into a bad situation, right? You don't want to be taking it every day. Listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm almost an idiot. But if you <laughs> add a digestive enzyme to that kid and the magnesium oxide to get her going, I would be surprised if that didn't also change her insulin needs. Well, we're definitely going to try that. Yeah, because that because the food because the food sitting in her longer and yeah. it's impacting her blood sugar longer, right? Well, and sometimes it's, you're given the insulin and it's too it works too quickly. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because she's not digesting because her body the food. hasn't digested it yet. And then on mm-hmm. top of that, you're and this is as close as I get to sounding granola, but then. Your stomach becomes an inhospitable place, and the your gut microbiome gets all thrown off, and that does impact mm-hmm. a lot of things in your body. So her gut's probably a cesspool in there, and then you know she's oh my god, I think I think it's possible you send me an email like a week from now, and you're like, wow, things are so much different because you'll be surprised how quickly the enzymes and the oxide together make the system flow properly. Sorry for the word flow, but like, oh it, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So be careful when you start doing it. Like really, I would start with uh, meals that are not as intensive, like need their need for insulin, because I don't want you to get into a situation where you're, you have way too much insulin going and you could, you could see that. So, well, that would make sense just because if everything else starts working better, then you don't need less insulin. Yes. So. Yeah. Just, I, I would keep your head up for that. Oh, I'm glad we spoke. I, I, I can't yeah, tell you how you. many people I've heard back from after these episodes have come out about how they've tried this and it's worked for them. So awesome. Yeah. Well, we would love any help. I mean, cool. it just, I think, don't think people understand like what a 24 seven, 365, you know, pain it is to try to figure everything out and, um, and to do a good job with it all. It's really hard, I think, for us. And I feel like it's a blessing for me to be able to do it for her in a lot of ways until she's older, you know, and has yeah. to do it all on her own because it's a lot to do on your own, especially like in the middle of the night and everything else. I was going to say there are some things, but I think there are more than some things that I've only been able to figure out because of the podcast, because I'm talking with people and somebody will say something. And I'm like, but that makes sense. Like, you know, like, and then I can incorporate that into my mm-hmm. thinking. And I, I think we came to a number of Arden's like resolutions because I've had so many of these conversations and I've been getting like hearing people's stories where you're like, wow, you don't digest food, right? You don't, your stomach hurts. Like, okay. Like the, the key is to not get like locked into like, well, this happens to people. So I guess this is what's going to happen to her. I was always, always coming from the perspective of I'm going to find a way to figure this out. So, well, that's the whole idea behind the podcast, right? Is to like share the experience. I think that's why you're so popular and why people like it so much is that it's like shares your experience, gives you other things to think about. Um, And like you said before, everybody manages differently. Yeah. So, you you know, you learn about how other people do things and what they go through and how they figure things out. Right. It's also about having real conversations and not just like going through a bullet list of think, you know, I mean, we've all heard other like media somewhere where you just realize like the person who's there as the guest came in and said, here's the things that I want to talk about. Then the host isn't really a host or just reading questions. And they're going back and forth and it's all kind of canned and pre-planned, but we don't get to your daughter's 
stomach issue today. It's not on the list of things that you told me about. Like if we don't just have this like conversation, like I hear things and I'm like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Like, listen, there's no shame for how much insulin you need. I don't, I don't subscribe to that, but it does not make sense that your daughter's using 50 units of basil a day. It just doesn't. Yeah. Like, there had and to it be has something been for else. a long time. Yeah. There um, had we were to just be talking else. about it with her endo, you know, recently. She double checked the thyroid. So I'll have to go back and double check that again and see. Yeah. And then I'll try the digestive enzymes for oh, sure. Digestive the enzymes, the magnesium oxide. oxide, and the thyroid. And I'm, boy, I, I want to hear back from you. Send me, send me an email. I'll actually pay attention to it. I swear. <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm <laughs> well, sorry. you did originally. I'm so. sorry you didn't. I didn't see that last one. I apologize. That's okay. You're busy. Mm. Um, it's a good sign of success. No, uh, no so, that's really lovely. Well, I, yeah, well, I, I I'm going to say thank you very much for for giving up an hour of your vacation for this and sharing a, a interesting perspective of obviously some uh, some different ideas and and things that a lot of people you know, don't go through the thing with your son's antibodies is just, it's, I, I'm sorry, it's his life, but it's fascinating to listen to, you know? Yeah. It should be interesting to see if we can, like, if he's in the age of, uh, where medicine is caught up with us just enough where we can actually prevent it for him. Would be, you know, over boy, time. I'll tell you. Yeah. Like I know it would mean a lot to you, even if it got put off for a year or something like that. Like, you know, but you know, I asked a question if you go listen to that episode, with uh, Lenny Ramos, I said, do you have any like hopes that this can work longer for people? And she can only answer what they've, what they've said publicly and what they've, you know, what the FDA has cleared them to say about the drug. So she can't answer, but I thought like, I wonder what her real thoughts are about like, how long might this be able to work for people? Well, I did listen to another podcast and I'm trying to think of what the name of it is, but it had one of the researchers that was involved with the clinical trial. And what she did was did data meta-analysis, I think it's called, where she went back through all of the data points. And she was suggesting that you would use it kind of like cancer uh, treatments. So you would give a dose and you would monitor the antibodies. Mm -hmm. And as the antibodies started to creep back up again and increase, or A1C started to increase or whatever. You, you kind of do it again. You would give another dose. Yeah. yeah. And that you would kind of keep it at bay mm -hmm. um, by managing it that way. And, you know, it seems like a lot because it's what an 11 day infusion yeah. you know, one, every day and, you know, all that. But really, if you think about it, if you only had to do that once every few years, then it would be a lot better. Yeah. What the hell? Do yeah, management of, of diabetes, you know, yeah. 65, 24, 7. So, like, we might be on the edge, and then that might, you know, what if that prevented it for him, you know, for his whole life? And that would be totally worth it. And they're talking about even having home health come in because we don't live that close to our endo. You know, the idea that somebody would just come to the house and do it for him. Mm-hmm. Seems no. pretty darn cool. Also seems you very know. reasonable. There's, I mean, there's private companies now that are doing high, like, like IV hydrations in people's homes. It's like, a, it's like an expensive mm -hmm. boutique thing. But my point is, is it's possible. So, well, I've done it for my pots. So, I mean, I know, and you could do it because um, hydration is a huge part of, of that. And mm -hmm. um, I go every week for infusions. I go into the local hospital, but you know, to get the, the hydration, um, because that's keeps the pots at bay. No kidding. At least a lot of the symptoms. Yeah. yeah. And so like before I had it covered through my insurance and had gotten the doctor to write the prescription for it and had like conceded to doing that, I would go into the IV boutique, like right before I'd go do something mm -hmm. like go on a trip like this, or I did it last year right before going to Disney, you know, cause I didn't think I could make it through. Yeah. You Disney wanted, kind of wanted to get jacked back up again and Yeah. So I would, I went in and had, you know, the two hour hydration. So I think, I think we're getting there, you know, with the, with being able to do things, but you have to be proactive. I think that's the biggest part that I've learned is that it does take up a lot of your bandwidth. Like you were, you asked me before, because it's, if you want it to go well in any of these autoimmune diseases, you really got to be your own advocate. Mm -hmm. and, and that takes a lot of research like a lot of research, a lot of listening to things, a lot of listening to your podcasts, a lot of 
look, reading studies, seeing what people are doing. Um, and then the cost benefit ratios, you know, was it worth it? There's no written down answer. Like you're not, you're not going to walk into a doctor's office and say, I feel like this, 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 and this, and the, and the doctor's going to go, Oh, amazing. That's this right here. It just doesn't work that way. You really have not to- unless you've been <laughs> figured out yourself or somebody else. And you've been waiting on the waiting list to go see that specialist. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the only time I've ever seen that happen. Mm-hmm. I walked in and finally had saw the right cardiologist and he was like, Oh, of course you have this, you know, yeah. but it took me a year yeah. to get in with him. And, and he was like, yeah, it's just like every other patient I see all day long. They mm-hmm. all have the same, yeah, right, right. same problems. And it's this, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, Oh, okay. It, but in yeah, a regular scenario, like, just walking into your regular doctor, you're going to get told like whatever's top of their mind or even kind of fashionable to be thinking about at the time. It's a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of hit and miss. Um, if you have POTS, you're going to get anti-anxiety medicine right away because they're going to look at your your heart rate and think, at least that's what happened to me. You have fibromyalgia, you have anxiety, mm-hmm. you work too hard, here, take some Xanax. And that never helped. At one point, they made Arden take a POTS test. because okay. the tilt table? Yeah, because of what ended up being what she needed T3 for her thyroid for. It looks like a lot of things because yeah. it's that increased heart rate and... Um, and it really wasn't until I got on the right medicine that my life changed. And I still have to be really, really careful. Mm-hmm. And I still don't work, you know, which I miss a lot. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it's better. My health is better, mm-hmm. you know. But it took forever. And it took being intuitive and pushing. And, and I think a lot of it I owe to my daughter being diagnosed before with diabetes and then trying to figure out why and what, what was going on. And then with yep with Owen having the antibodies and then having a background in influencing physicians and, you know, hospital systems to change how they think it really kind of all boiled together for me to be able to use for my own, my own family. Because otherwise I don't, I don't know how people have the courage to push back on the doctor the way, you know, I had been trained to do for 20 years Mm -hmm. or to, read the research papers because they're hard to read and hard to understand. Yeah. No, um, I know. Podcasts but, are the um, answer, Raymond. That's the issue. You just need somebody else to figure out and tell you. So we'll, well, we'll Hey, try. that's why, that's why you're on podcast has been so great. No, Thank you. Uh, yeah. And it's been like, it's only been what, maybe five, eight years since podcasts are really popular. So it's just like the internet. Like prior to that, we were all just lost in our own little silos. And yeah. It's amazing how beneficial it is to be able to share your experience and hear from other people and be like, oh my gosh, and mm-hmm. that's exactly what's happening to me. <laughs> you know, I'm not alone. No, I believe in it. I really do. So, okay. Well, Rima, I'm going to say thank you. And, um, and, and yeah. I'm going to jump off now. I have to do another recording in a little bit, but, yeah. but this was really nice you to do. I seriously, I'm assuming it's nice and warm up on the deck of that boat and you're in that bar. So I appreciate this very much. Well, no problem at all. I'm headed there now, and I appreciate you, and thanks for having me on, and I'll keep you updated on how things go with everybody, and thanks for the suggestion. I would appreciate that. I would really love to know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you'll want, maybe I'll have more to share with you after um, Owen goes through the, the prevention, too. We'll see. Yeah, great. Let me know. I'm interested. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate you. Have a great time. Have a great one. Bye. Bye. I want to thank the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter and remind you to go to contournext.com forward slash juice box. Get started today. May even be able to buy online right there with my link and your stuff could be cheaper in cash than it is through your insurance. What do you think of that? Don't also uh, forget about, don't also forget about, that's not English, touched by type1.org. Go get your tickets for the upcoming Dancing for Diabetes event. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks to Rayma for coming on the show and giving us this fantastic story. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, the Bold Beginnings series from the Juicebox Podcast is a terrific place to begin listening. In this series, Jenny Smith and I will go over the questions most often asked at the beginning of Type 1.
Jenny is a certified diabetes care and education specialist who is also a registered and licensed dietitian, and Jenny has had type 1 diabetes for 35 years. My name is Scott Benner, and I am the father of a child who has type 1 diabetes. Our daughter Arden was diagnosed in 2006 at the age of 2. I believe that at the core of diabetes management, understanding how insulin works and how food and other variables impact your system is of the utmost importance. The Bold Beginning series will lead you down the path of understanding. The series is made up of 24 episodes, and it begins at episode 698 in your podcast or audio player. I'll list those episodes at the end of this. To listen, you can go to juiceboxpodcast.com, go up to the menu at the top, and choose Bold Beginnings, or go into any audio app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify and then find the episodes that correspond with the series. Those lists, again, are at Juicebox Podcast up in the menu, or if you're in the private Facebook group, in the Featured tab. The private Facebook group has over 40,000 members. There are conversations happening right now and 24 hours a day that you would be incredibly interested in. So don't wait. So don't wait. Check out the Bold Beginnings series today and get started on your journey. Episode 698 defines the Bold Beginnings series. 702, Honeymooning, 706, Adult Diagnosis, 711 and 712 go over diabetes terminologies. In episode 715, we talk about fear of insulin. In 719, the 1515 rule. Episode 723, long-acting insulin. 727, target range. 731, food choices. 735, pre-bolus. 739 carbs, 743 stacking, 747 flexibility. In episode 751, we discuss school. In episode 755, exercise. 759, guilt, fears, hope, and expectations. In episode 763 of the Bold Beginning series, we talk about community. 772, journaling. 776, technology and medical supplies. Episode 780, treating low blood glucose. Episode 784, Dealing with Insurance, 788, Talking to Your Family, and Episode 805, Illness and Ketone Management. Check it out. It will change your life.